So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between, the world of online dating. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Erica. Welcome to So We Met Online. If you would like to learn more about the show, visit us online at sowemetonline.com and join us throughout social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at So We Met Online. So Erica, we've had several conversations already about dating in coronavirus season. And I think some of the first episodes we did were right at the beginning when it first started to happen and people were kind of confused in terms of how to date and where to date and how to do online dating and whether to date, all of that, right? Well, now that we've been in this pandemic for several months, I thought it would be fun to kind of go back and now look at how dating has evolved over the course of the last several months more so from, you know, how we started to meet people to now how we're actually dating people. So it's definitely changed because when this all started in March, I mean, nobody could have predicted that we'd still be having this conversation in August. I mean, I think we all thought this will blow over really quickly. As I said back then, most of my clients went on hold immediately mid-March because they were like, well, we'll take a pause, take a break until this is done. And then we start dating again. And then gradually, week by week, each of my clients came back and said, well, since there's no end in sight, I'm clearly not dating if I don't do online dating. And now that's the only option because it's not like you're going out to events to meet people. So gradually, everybody came back. So I found this article online about coronavirus dating stories. And I thought I'd share some of these stories And I have some other stories that I've heard over the course of, you know, the last several weeks. So let's go through some of these and see what we think. Okay. So the first one comes from Elizabeth G. and Pico Rivera. All of these stories are actually, (laughs) it's it's just outside of Los Angeles. I was going to say, all of these stories are published in the Los Angeles Times. Uh So they are LA-based stories. Elizabeth says, I was scrolling through Tinder met somebody, and after Mm -hmm. about four dates, the safer at-home order came. And for the past month, we've texted every day, FaceTimed sometimes, but this feels completely different from my other Tinder situationships, she calls it. Mm -hmm. Do I feel pressured in the age of COVID-19 to avoid feeling lonely at all cost? Would our physical chemistry hold up if we were to actually be meeting in person? Will this actually be unlike my other Tinder escapades? I won't have answers for a while. These are questions that people are asking. Like, is it different being online exclusively as opposed to that physical connection that we typically look for, especially from Tinder? Okay, say what you want about Tinder. Honestly, I think it became a self-fulfilling prophecy where if enough people say it's a hookup site, it somehow becomes that though I still believe you can find anything you want on Tinder, anything from a hookup to a relationship. Anyway, things are different because when you meet someone in person, you're three-dimensional. You know, you you hear their voice, yes, you see what they look like, but there's the dimension of touch. Whereas when you're on the phone or on a video chat, you can still see the person, you can still hear the person's voice, but it gets rid of the element of touch. There's one dimension that's no longer there. And I've seen anyway with my clients that a lot of them 
are building this rapport with somebody in advance of physically meeting that's really helping them feel a connection. Now, in normal times, I would say just go on the date, see if you have chemistry, meet sooner rather than later. But now with not being able to do that, I'm thinking of an example, actually, of a client of mine in Atlanta. Now, granted, I believe he's moving too fast and I have expressed this to him because he has a tendency to like get really excited. But I guess he talked for maybe a total of six hours on the phone and video chat, not all at the same time, obviously, with a woman. And they finally met last weekend and he sent me a text after the date that was like, shut down my accounts. This is the one. I am smitten. I am so happy. Make sure my match profile is no longer active. And like on the one hand, as a dating coach, I'm thrilled that he found someone he really likes because as with everyone else has been on his fair share of bad dates. But on the other hand, that's really fast. But he did say to me, well, it's not like it was a first date because we got to know each other beforehand. We got to know each other's personalities and values. And he's right in that what's now a first physical date might feel like a fourth date. It's all skewed where at times it feels normal and then at times it just like you you have to hit yourself and remind yourself, wait a second, this isn't how it traditionally unravels. And I think sometimes you feel like there has to be more effort put into this type of dating. Um, what do you mean? I don't know. I, I think sometimes when you say things like, I'm going to go out and, and let's meet, or maybe you're already at work, maybe you're already out, maybe you're already down the street and you're like, let's meet up at the bar for a drink or something. Those seem to be so natural. And then online, you're actually like, oh, we've got a scheduled time. This is the time we're going to talk, mm. you know, and there's planning that's involved. But I also think sort of like to your story, it feels like then there's this escalation. And I don't know if that escalation is legitimate or if it's, you know, a false sense of intimacy. Exactly. Uh, because you you have this more emotional connection, I think. We've talked about it before. There are certain things that you identify when you are in person, that three mm -hmm. dimension like you're talking about. There are certain dimensions that you can't pick up over a voice call or even over a FaceTime. And even yep. to a point, people are really good at hiding some of those things on a phone, you know, or even in a FaceTime. We have talked about looking at your background and seeing your surroundings <laughs> and saying, you know, why is your dirty underwear sitting out there on the bed? You know, those are real <laughs> things that are happening, but you can still fake a lot of stuff that you just can't fake when you're in person. Whether that's conscious or not. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's why I told my client, look, again, I'm thrilled, but I told him take it one day at a time because he does have a tendency to jump two feet in and... If you're going to spend a really long time with someone, you don't need to rush the beginning. Yep. Okay, here's another story, and you're going to cringe on this story. Oh, Unfortunately, gosh. you're going to cringe, and and I already know your response to this. Oh, do uh, you? I, okay. I, I, well, I've known you long enough that I think that, <laughs> that I know your response. It's going to be the same response that I think most of our listeners are going to have for us to discuss, and here it is. Okay. This is from Erica L. in New York City. I've been with my boyfriend for about a year. He has a child, and he has decided to quarantine himself with his son and the child's mother. I knew you were going to say that. Okay. 
It has been extremely challenging to trust him and maintain our relationship. We've been arguing nonstop, and we've gotten close to breaking up many times. We've been doing long distance for a while now, seeing each other about three to four times a month. The quarantine has made seeing each other impossible. It's even harder to consider breaking up during this mentally challenging time. Mm -hmm. So that's the question. What do you think I'm going to say? I don't know what I'm going to say yet. Oh, you don't know what you're going to say yet? Well, but here's the question. Because of the coronavirus, are we finding that it's more challenging to have difficult conversations or what she's saying here, it's hard to consider breaking up with somebody during this mentally challenging time? Yes, I agree. This time is very challenging for a lot of people. There is a ton of stress and insecurities and challenges we are all faced with all of the time. But does that exclude you from doing what is the right thing to do? I think there's more to this than the difficult conversations, because I agree with you. You know, I'm sure you've seen among your friends and colleagues, this whole thing has hit everyone differently. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are very depressed by all of this. I have friends who are, you know, maintaining their positive attitude. It's the whole spectrum of emotions that people have felt. So on the one hand, yeah, if you're already feeling down, that's not the time to be having these serious conversations because that affects the whole outlook on life. On the other hand, though, I believe coronavirus has made having difficult conversations easier in some ways because you have to ask questions that you wouldn't have necessarily asked before. Like, are we going to hug when we see each other? How do you feel about kissing? I think I shared this in a former episode. Like, I know someone who said when he was about to kiss someone, I've kissed other people. You would never share that information before. I mean, it almost seems ludicrous, but... I mean, how respectful of him, right, Mm -hmm. to express that. So I think in some ways it's harder to have those conversations because you're down in general. And in some ways it's easier because of necessity. I mean, I want to talk actually about this person's question because I see where she's coming from. I would feel pretty upset, too, if my boyfriend or partner or whoever was quarantining with an ex I would understand it for the child's sake. I respect what he's doing. However, as sort of the outsider, it would feel really frustrating. What would you do? I would break up with him. (laughs) Really? Yeah. You know, because but he's being a good, responsible father. And he's saying, I want to give my child both parents And I don't want to risk the health of anyone. So I see that side of it. But if I were the partner, if I were the woman, Erica, asking this question, I'd be pretty PO'd. So I see both sides. You know, I do see both sides. And as the listeners know, or most of the listeners know, I have children. I have a son whose mother said that she wanted him to quarantine with her for an extended period of time. And he was there for three months, which uh, prevented me from seeing him for that time. And then we had kind of a a swap back and forth so that I could spend some additional time with him. So on one hand, I can completely understand the concept of doing the quarantine and, and the safety of all. And I can also understand a personal need to interact with that person on a one on one type of basis. 
but there's something underlying here to me. And we've had conversations before about long distance relationships and the challenges of that. It's now compounded because those long distance relationships are also online relationships. But to me, this story just has a sense or a feel that the guy is not totally ready for a relationship, that he still has some things that he's working through or dealing with. Because Where are you getting that from? See, I don't, I don't get that from the question. I think the question is simply, should she break up with him or not? And is it the right time to break up with him because the corona is going? Like, no, I, I would never think I'm going to spare somebody's feelings because I want to break up with them. You either break up with somebody or you don't. You make right. that decision. But, the, but we're talking about is the timing right for breaking up? What I want to talk about is should she be breaking up with him? Because to me, even though I know you're saying conversations are difficult, she needs to have a conversation because clearly she's not getting the validation she needs. I understand his his desire to quarantine with his ex and child, but he needs to make his current girlfriend feel special, validated. Right. Exactly. They should be talking as much as they have ever talked, if not more. And I have a feeling, not knowing the situation, but based on the question, she's not getting that validation. Because exactly if he it. simply said, this is the last thing I want. The last thing I want is to be in a home with my ex. I want to talk to you every waking minute. Right. She would feel better. Exactly. And the fact that she's outlined that they're fighting on a regular basis and that there is disagreement in terms of how this is being approached, says exactly what you've outlined, that there is something that's just not sitting right. Whether that's him communicating to her, whether he's dedicating enough time. Again, if you're actually separated and you're just living in the house together for the benefit of the child, that's great. But you should be 24-7 as much as possible with the other person. Right. right. And, and it does so, sound like there's a lack of trust there. Exactly. Because if you trust your partner, now granted, I've dated men with children and I'd be pretty peeved if, you know, if I couldn't see my partner because he was in a house with his ex. I mean, I'm envisioning somebody I dated and, and, and thinking how I would feel and I'd be I'd be not happy about it. But if you trust your partner, know that their relationship is in fact over. But that's the question. Is it over? Because, again, I have a child, my relationship mm -hmm. is over, we live in separate locations, and we still manage to figure out how to quarantine the child for the safety of everyone involved and see each other without me having to move in with them. And when we talk about trust, and to your point, if my ex was living with their ex and whatever, I'd be thinking of all this stuff, like, where are you sleeping? Which room are you sleeping in? Do you mm -hmm. have your own space? If you do, can I talk to you at night? If I can't talk yeah. to you at night, why not? Yep. What are you hiding? All of these questions start to come out, and they're really no different than any other conversation that you would have with any other person that you were dating if that trust started to Correct. deteriorate. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. If you like what you hear as much as we like creating it, we would love for you to review our podcast. That way, more people can hear about it. How do you do that? If you're using an iPhone, go to your app, your podcast app that's purple, and click on search. Type in So We Met Online, and you'll see the So We Met Online logo. Then click on that, scroll down to where it says Ratings and Reviews, 
And that's where you can either give us five stars or you can write a review and submit that. Thank you so much for being our loyal listeners. Okay, Erica, let's get a little bit more intimate. And I oh have boy. another story oh here. This is a series. Should I take off this sweatshirt I'm wearing? <laughs> hubba, hubba. So this is a new thing that is happening. And I actually have a friend who is doing this. And I have what a, is this? I'm going to tell what? you. Oh, hold on. I'm going to reveal it for you all. And there's actually a story, once again, in the Los Angeles Times that actually talks about this very specific thing. And here it is. The new trend is to find sex partners to help ease stress during coronavirus. Okay. Okay. It's one thing to have a booty call or to have a friends with benefits type of situation. And I guess that's what you could summarize this as. But what they actually are is two people who are getting together to have sex on a regular basis and to help with the stress and the loneliness during coronavirus. And and what they basically do is, you know, they're kind of self-quarantined. They're not going out to work. And so they've kind of been trusted that each other, you know, are safe. And so that's the only relationship that they are uh, participating in. But it's a combination of having sex to ease stress and to reduce the anxiety and loneliness during coronavirus. This doesn't surprise me. So do you think it's solely for stress? And horniness. (laughs) Sure. I'll give you the example. So my friend, she's a female friend. She lives in Los Angeles. She is at home a lot by herself. She has pinged me several times like, I just don't know what to do. I can't handle this. I'm just going crazy. And I know there's a lot of news articles out there where the mental stability of people has completely declined because of isolation. This individual, my friend, would typically not go out and just have sex for this, you know, one night stands or even having a friends with benefits type of thing. She's typically a type of person who wants to date. But in this particular case, she's not dating. They have a mutual agreement to come over, cuddle, have sex, and then go away, knowing again that there is a certain safety protocol that's already in place. I don't see an issue with that, though I would counter that she could alternately get two things. And I don't say this facetiously. She could get a vibrator and a therapist. (laughs) And again, I do not say that facetiously. Right. All therapy is virtual now. There are companies like Talkspace. It's all virtual all the time because I don't think anything, whether it's sex or overeating or whatever, Xanax, whatever it is, that's a temporary fix. And if you're prone to feeling this way on a regular basis, I would talk to someone. And again, I don't say that as a negative. I say that as a, you know, preserving your your mental health. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. If you're both taking health precautions, I see no problem. If two people... As long as you manage your expectations, as long as both people know this is purely physical, this is not going to be a relationship, as long as you promise in whatever form that takes that you're not sleeping with other people, I don't see any issues with that. So in this story on the Los Angeles Times, there is a story here that says 
the experience of Mila and Joseph, which is a story that I basically just shared, lines up what researchers at Indiana University's Kinsey Institute are finding in their study, which looks at how social distancing and isolation are affecting the intimate lives of people around the world. In the study's first survey of 1,500 people, researchers found that those who reported high levels of stress and loneliness are more likely to make new additions to their sex life, sexting and cybersex, acting on sexual fantasies, and in relatively few cases, hooking up with someone they've met online. And again, all of this is directly associated and due to isolation of the coronavirus. And I'm not surprised by these studies at all. I'm not surprised either. Now, on a more hilarious note, did you hear the recent recommendation that you should be wearing a mask during sex? I did read that. And I think that is the funniest thing ever. Can you imagine? (laughs) Like, (laughs) so, I I mean, I don't want to sound naive. So, so you can't get coronavirus through sex. Is that right? That, that is correct. That is correct. Because there's no droplets, even though you're exchanging fluids. Yes. But clearly, this is a new form of protection. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like a condom for your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yes. I was talking with somebody actually a couple of days ago about this. <laughs> and and I did say, I said, you know, I'll bring the protection. <laughs> and, okay, that's funny. And it was rather hilarious. Yes. I don't know anyone who would wear a mask during sex. But more power to you if that's what you want. I, I mean, you have to think that if you've gotten to the point where you've decided you're going to have sex with this individual, maybe, maybe <laughs> you've already kissed. And if you've already kissed, you've already spread whatever you're <laughs> infected with. Oh, just the visual of that. I just. So that did just remind me of a movie between Sandra Bullock and Sylvester Stallone called Demolition Man. Now, this is 1993. And it's set in the future and they go to have sex, but it's a helmet and they put these helmets on to have this mental stimulation and connection. They don't touch each other. And Sylvester Stallone has this line and he says, well, I just want to do it. What's this thing? And Sandra Bullock's character says, "Ooh, gross, like the old way. That's gross. We don't do that anymore. It just reminds I mean, me of this. Yeah, but that's probably going to be true about handshakes. Yeah. Even yesterday, I was at the supermarket with a friend of mine. She and I were picking up sushi, and then we ate outside in a socially distanced fashion. <laughs> and she had just turned 40. I mean, she looks, you know, what do I know? She looks good to me. So we said to the the lady at the checkout, like, oh, we're celebrating her birthday. She's 40. And the lady gave her a high five. And then after Rachel goes, oh, God, I didn't even think about it. She just gave me a high five. I got to wash my hands. Huh. Just like that stuff that you don't even think about. Now you have to think. I mean, do you find that when you watch movies or TV now, you think to yourself, they are way too close to each other. They shouldn't be partying like that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. And I have fully noticed a lot of it now. But, you know, there's a lot of these conversations going on about things like in the movies now they want to film sex scenes virtually so that the two (laughs) characters are not actually touching each other. It's all simulated in camera angles and faked with, you know, CGI or something so that they don't get infected. Where's the realism in it? Yeah, I mean, they could do what The Bachelorette is doing, which is everyone flew to the same resort. 
they all quarantined for 14 days and then they just shot at one location and tested everyone, of course. Then you can be making out and you can do everything normal because everyone's taken that precaution. So maybe filming will have to do that. Yeah, I can see a lot of those changes happening. We've seen a lot of television shows now also where you're doing it virtual and interviews, the news is all virtual Mm -hmm. now. But it also reminds me of another story. So I did meet somebody online a long time ago and we started dating. We, We were on four or five dates and we had a dinner. And during dinner, she says, so I think it's come time that we talk about you know, when we're going to have sex together. And I'm like, that, that's great. Yeah, sure. What do you want to talk about? And she says, well, first things first, you need to go get a test and you have to bring the test results to me and show me before I'll have sex with you. And on some level, I started to think this is weird, but I didn't have anything to hide and I was perfectly fine with it. So I did it so that I could have sex. <laughs> you know, the things guys will go through to have sex. But <laughs> but that made me think like, okay, if she's asking for actual test or something before she'll have sex with somebody, is she also going to now to ask for a validated, verified coronavirus test before she'll have sex with you? And is that a thing? Does that become a thing where show me your test results over the course of the next 14 days before we go out on a date or before we have sex? And don't forget to bring your protection. I've I've seen it in profiles now where people will write like COVID negative. But I think that's silly because you could have been COVID negative three weeks ago. Right. And now who knows? I've seen like positive antibodies or, or whatever, or like I saw, uh, <laughs> someone had a picture of his temperature and it's just like, I mean, it's funny for, for a hot second, but I don't know. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> well, it's safe to say that the age of COVID and then this pandemic dating has changed. And I'll be curious to see if it has long-term impact on our dating lives moving forward. Thanks for listening. 